Jaguars Digital. Jaguars, Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton. John Osher. Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday. We're a Tuesday show these days. Welcome to Jags Drive Time on a nice sunny morning. Cool, but going to warm up quickly here in Northeast Florida. I'm Brian Sexton along with John Osher. Ashlyn Sullivan will be along shortly. John, just back from the Super Bowl. How are you? I'm great. Just back from the Super Bowl. Glad to be out of that, that cold and uh, glad to hear something's warming up. So that's um, my weather report for today, Brian. Thanks. I appreciate that. How was the Super Bowl? You came back. You didn't go over the game itself, right. but you were there in Minneapolis for a couple of days. Well, when you cover the Super Bowl, <coughs> excuse me, um, and the team you're covering is not in it, it's a different deal. We primarily or exclusively stayed on Radio Row, and our main charge was following uh, the Tony Baselli Hall of Fame watch and talking to a few people about the Jaguars' season. So you're sort of getting a perspective for fans on those things rather than really covering Patriots-Eagles. And it's sort of an odd thing because there's a lot of people talking about Patriots-Eagles and you see the signs of the quarterbacks around the building, but you're not really there experiencing that part of the event. Although I did watch it on TV, which makes me like a lot of other people. Yeah, that may be one of the only things that makes you like a lot Um, of other people. Um, The Baselli thing. People Mm -hmm. read what you wrote and saw the videos that you did inside a minute. Um, Did you get a sense of anything coming out of the the process that – he was any closer than he was a year ago? Well, it's hard because we all said last year, and there was a significant feeling that he had gained momentum last year. So when he doesn't make it this year, and you said he gained momentum, automatically there's an immediate pushback of, well, you said that last year, and now he's not gaining momentum, et cetera, et cetera. I think he still is gaining momentum. Um, the reason I say that is talking to a few voters afterward the discussion in the room was significant about Tony. And there were a lot of people who thought the way the process works, there's a few key votes. There were a lot of, a lot of people who were surprised when the vote came back and he was not in the final five that are then voted upon and confirmed. He was in the 10, and it felt to people like he was solidly in that 10. So there's a lot of things to parse through, and it's hard to really do a blow-by-blow because you're not in the room. And even if you are, you can't really give details of it. But I think when it first happened, there was a lot of disappointment. I was in Tony's room along with Patrick Cavanaugh. Pete Prisco was there. There was a lot of immediate disappointment um, and that emotion. I would guess after it sits for a while, there will be a feeling like he's still very much in it. There's probably still some work to do, but I think the more I think about it, that he has his best chance to get in next year for several reasons. We can go over those. All right. Well, we don't need to. We can just put it away for a year because that topic will not go away until he gets there. I just got a tweet asking, where's Ashlyn? Enough Osher. So let's bring (laughs) in Ashlyn Sullivan, who is waiting on the other side of the studio with 
big things. First of all, good morning. Good morning. How's everyone doing? So far, so good. So far, so good. All right, big thing number one, beating the Patriots. How the Eagles did just that and the Jaguars could not accomplish the same task. The two biggest differences were that Eagles offensive line and who Nick Foles was throwing to the entire game, Alshon Jeffrey. If the Jaguars can improve in those two areas, you got to think they contend with, contend with the Patriots next season who are still the kings of the AFC even despite the loss, guys. You know, John, um, as I, like you, sat and watched the game, mm-hmm. those two areas really stood out. Uh, the Eagles' offensive line got more push off the ball, created more running room, and they had receivers like Alshon Jeffrey who made clutch plays at key moments. Well, and the offensive line, the Eagles also protected and it gave Foles time to move around a little bit. And in the second half of that game two weeks ago, we've talked about a lot, Brian. Uh, those three things weren't there. And there are a lot of people who automatically went to the Jaguars' game plan in the second half, which is more conservative than certainly the Eagles, and have t- turned all their focus on Blake Bortles. Well, they didn't trust Blake Bortles. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. I think, the, uh, I think the three things we've discussed were far more uh, significant reasons that they went away from trying to be aggressive than Blake Bortles. I think the key things that you talked about that the Eagles were able to use to do that, the Jaguars didn't have when they needed it. And I think all three of those things have to be addressed. And Two of the things can be addressed in the same thing because it's offensive line. Well, we've got plenty of time to discuss this. I mean, free agency doesn't open for a month yet, and obviously the draft is a well, is, is a few months mm-hmm. down the road. But it would seem that those are the key areas. Wide receiver, offensive line for the Jaguars. You could make an argument tight ends in there as well. Yeah. But those, I would put tight that. end very, very high. Because think, of Zach Ertz, because of what he did? Well, because, because he's the kind of guy that Bortles would... Zach Ertz, because of Gronkowski, and you're not going to get a Gronkowski. He's a once-in-a-lifetime type of guy. But you can get that uh, move tight end that can get open in key situations. Mercedes Lewis has a very significant role. But I think even he would tell you he is not a 17-yard down the field, get open on a defensive back consistently kind of guy. You can scheme him open, but in the second half of that game two weeks ago, He, Alan Hearns, the receivers were not able to create enough separation to give them confidence to go downfield, and I think that really hurt him. And I do think a tight end will be a pick. I don't know how they feel about Michael Rivera. It's hard to know if that's something that will knock them off of making a move this offseason. I would think you'll see some sort of uh, first or second day round one, two, or three draft selection used in that area, or at least a significant focus on trying to get somebody who can get open. It's hard to say the way Ertz did, because he's one of the best at it, but something that gets you closer to there that you can use that position more. It's not just the draft. I mean, this team has its own issues this year with free agency and Mm -hmm. guys they were looking at, but you've got to get Allen Robinson taken care of one way or another, don't you? I mean, that appears to be the linchpin to the entire offensive strategy because we saw when he wasn't on the field Mm -hmm. how the Jaguars struggled to have that guy like Alshon Jeffrey was in the Super Bowl where you just threw it up and he went and got it. He's the one guy, and they were able to scheme and use the young receivers in a way a lot after Allen Robinson left to make up for it. But he's obviously the one guy that can go beat coverage 
that is slanted toward him, if there's two guys on him, he has a chance where, again, you can throw him the ball and hope he goes and makes a play and he doesn't need that separation. Um, he's going to be an interesting offseason story because he has leverage, his team has leverage because it's obvious how much the Jaguars need him. So there's that element of it, but there is also a ceiling, I would assume, on what they will be willing to pay. I don't think you can pay him break the bank uh in the sense of can you make him the highest paid player at his position? Can you push him into that realm? I think that's very dangerous too. So you wonder about the franchise tag. You wonder if that'll be the way they go. Which is what, like $16 million? It, it It's in that area, which Close is a to lot that. to pay a receiver. But it's it's one of those odd situations in free agency where the team really, really needs them, and you wonder how high they're willing to go. And I think it's going to be something that goes – Right up against the deadline. Does it go to the franchise tag even? You know, it's a one-year deal. Can you let Allen Robinson get away from you? I mean, I, I think I don't most think people so. who are watching this are saying, absolutely not. Right. You tag him. There's no way you let him get to the market. At the very least, at the worst-case scenario, he's getting the franchise tag. Can you say that today? I would think so. Okay. Because if you don't get him back, then all of a sudden think about what you have to oh, do this I mean, offseason at the receiver position. It's a I massive don't think overhaul. Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook, I think, are players that fit into the future. I don't know if you can move either into that one slot where you feel like no matter what happens, we know we can go to one of these guys in a key moment. And that's what they lack this year. We don't. And, I, and I, I don't know that you know which one you would try to get to the two yet. I think one of them will get there. Right. But right now I think they have to go out and get, even with Allen Robinson, they need to get one spot of that top four filled. If you lose him, then you're trying to find a go-to guy in that, and that's a. I'm not sure that that's out there in a way that they can go get it unless they re-sign Robinson, which again gives leverage to his side. How much time did we talk about the defense in the running game making Blake Bortles' job easier mm -hmm. in 2017? And it did. He had his most efficient season as a pro. How much more efficient? How much easier now is it? If he's got a guy he knows in Allen Robinson, oh, see, I mean, yeah, right. That's why I say you you, you like what D.D. Westbrook showed you. You like what Keelan Cole showed you. You know, we're working on uh, top five plays at, at almost you know, runs, catches, sacks, mm -hmm. interceptions for the website, and you'd be surprised. But three of the top five catches were catches from Keelan Cole, right? right? I mean, he's a nice young. I think player. Seattle, Indy. Oh, there's, there's a, sure. I, I don't want to give him away. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm sorry. Just teasing people, bringing them in. But the point is, is that, yeah, these are nice guys, but how much more efficient is Blake Bortles? That's why I say you can't let him get to the open market. At the worst case, he's going to be franchise tagged because you know what he's capable of. He makes Blake Bortles better. I believe you need to give Blake Bortles two more go-to elements than he had this year. And that's a lot to add in one offseason, but one go-to element would be Allen Robinson – and I believe they have to get a tight end go-to element. If you give him those two more, how much better do Cole and Westbrook look if Allen Robinson and a go-to tight end there than their complements, which is probably where they are right now in their career? I can just imagine. You know, I mean, I feel like Blake Bortles myself right here. I mean, I've got two go-to elements in here, right? I've got you, and I've got Ashlyn. I like that. I really don't need another one. Two's enough for me. 
you're young. Yeah, I can make things happen. Hip quarterbacks. Yeah. That's kind of you. I can, I can make That's things happen. That's how I think of I'm going to make something happen right now. Quick timeout. When we return in 60 short seconds, Ashland brings us big thing number two and three. Still to come, Ozone Snapshot on a gorgeous morning with a view of the Hartbridge Expressway over the St. John's River here in Jacksonville. Back right after this. What do you call a pack of Jaguars? A jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars Jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field in an entirely new way. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a fully guided behind-the-scenes stadium visit. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards. And see why the Travel Channel named Everbank Field as one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and complete tales. See you at the bank. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time on our new day this offseason, Tuesday mornings, here with big thing number two, handling the AFC South next season. Guys, it's going to look a lot different. The Houston Texans have J.J. Watt back, one of the most talented playmakers, as long as Deshaun Watson. Titans were 2-0 against the Jags last season and now have a new head coach. Colts now have an unbelievable pairing with Josh McDaniels and Andrew Luck together. It's going to be a tough list to compete against, guys. There are questions on that list which make it an interesting conversation mm-hmm. right now. I mean, right out of the gate, uh, Josh McDaniels, we assume, is going to be the head coach. That's, that's Sounds the like story it, sure. in Indianapolis, although it went up and down on Super Bowl Sunday. You know, where's Andrew Luck? The, um, the Texans get Deshaun Watson back, which is really the story. He posted a video yesterday of him running mm-hmm. for the first day of his offseason. Uh, you'd think he'd be back, but you, you never know with the ACL. You know, we'll talk about Allen Robinson bringing it along slowly through camp, and with a quarterback, that'll mean limited reps for him at some point. Um, and you know, he he's behind it. He did that in what November, mm-hmm. so you know, he's behind the curve by a couple months from Allen Robinson. And then, of course, in Nashville, they have a quarterback, and they fired Mike Malarkey because he didn't progress, and then went and hired a defensive coach. Yeah, Mike Vrabel, so that'll be a question. The AFC South, unquestionably, though, has the talent to go from being one of those derided divisions, the division everyone mocked, oh, the South, worst division in football, to one of the most competitive. Yeah, it does, and there are several key questions. First of all, the Mariota thing I thought was odd. Mariota lost his entire offseason last season, and then Malarkey was sort of blamed for him not coming along. He'll have his entire offseason this offseason. But I'm like you. I, you know, you wonder where the defensive head coach It's always the coordinator more than the head coach. Well, they hired obviously. a hot name, Matt LaFleur, who right. was the quarterback's coach in Los Angeles this so year. It, and- it, it seems like they're close. Uh, the X factors with the other teams are this. Deshaun Watson, the thing he will have to prove coming back is a – Mobile quarterback who depends on being able to get away from pressure. Uh, when that ACL is an issue, you do wonder when he lacks his mobility, does he remain the same sort of quarterback? It 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 looked like he'll be able to do that, 
but you do wonder about that coming off, as well as he was very, very good for a while this year. Will teams go back and game plan and and, and take that first flush of success away and make him beat them another way? So he still has something to prove on that front. And you wonder with J.J. Watt, health has become an issue the last few years. Yeah, the back and the leg. Will he be able to put together healthy seasons? It's been a while since he's done that. Sometimes as players get older, it's harder to do that. But they're obviously a factor. The Colts, we'll see. Um, Andrew Luck has been an injury issue long enough where you worry about that long term. And then the Josh McDaniel question, um, ex-Patriots coordinators don't always fare well. Uh, He is a hot name who appears to be an offensive genius, did not work out in Denver. Obviously, the huge question around him is, was that a fluke? Has he learned? Will they get things going in the right direction? It will be a better division, but I don't think the change this offseason make it an unwinnable division for the Jaguars by any stretch. Well, and what's interesting is, you know, Bill O'Brien survived in Houston and got a general manager from the the Belichick school mm-hmm. that will answer to him, let's be sure. honest. I mean, he's that he's got that much control in the situation, but they don't have a first or a second round pick. Right. And they've got some star players who are eating up big chunks of their cap. So they're going to lean heavily on Deshaun Watson yep. and hope he comes back. They're going to need him to come back because it's not like they can go out and find an explosive receiver or a top corner at the top of the first right. or second round. They don't have those picks. He looks like a star, and Mariota has looked like a star. The question with young quarterbacks, I, I think luck we can assume based on he's got enough of a body of work that he comes back healthy. He is a franchise go-to quarterback, whatever you call it. With Mariota and Watson, they're still at the at the stage of their career, clearly, where they have to get through. A lot of quarterbacks have ups, downs, ups, downs, and then they find their stride at some point or they don't. They're still at the point where they have to get to a point where they find their stride and prove who they really are. And I think that will be the story of the South for the next couple of years outside the Jaguars, who I still think are the best team. Um, I think it's clear, though, that it may not be – it's clearly, you're right, it's not unwinnable for the Jaguars. They can right. win this in back-to-back years. However, the thing that makes it really intriguing is that the Texans are so loaded with talent mm-hmm. if Deshaun Watson is what they think he is. And what the Titans were able to do, pushing the Jaguars, beating them twice – Throw the Colts out of it. It feels we, even. We don't know. Right, right. It feels like a division where anybody could win, and it feels like a division that will be a fun division to watch. And again, it, the last couple of years, people have laughed at this division. They haven't paid attention to it. Now it looks like the worm has turned. Well, I think what will be interesting is the Jaguars will – this is a team this year that thrived on respect, wanting respect, et cetera, et cetera. My guess is by next August, with Deshaun Watson back – they will take a place as a hot team. They will be the Vogue sexy pick because there will be Instagram photos of J.J. Watt working out all offseason and Deshaun Watson working out all season. And it will be easy to forget that the Jaguars beat them by, what was it, 70 to 14 this year? 74. And, well, whatever. Close. But um, And there were legitimate reasons why the Jaguars beat that team other than Deshaun Watson being out, the pass rush of the Jaguars, if the Texans can't figure that out, it won't matter how good Deshaun Watson is because 
he'll be on his back. So there are matchup advantages with the Jaguars toward that team that I still think they have. And what the Jaguars have to do is figure out how to get a matchup advantage against the Titans. And boy, won't the Titans-Jaguars games the week of be fun next year. Looking forward to that. All right, Casey. Big thing number three. All right, winning the offseason. So the joke here is the Jaguars, the only season they're used to winning is the offseason. But this year is different. So now that the joke is over, what is the formula to winning the offseason? Now you got to think, guys, locking down that quarterback situation and the wide receivers like we talked about, it's got to be part of the formula. Yeah, the last couple of years, people sure. have pointed this team as well. You know, they win free agency. The cap is there. That's not that's not the play this year. That's not this team is not. Well, you know what? They won free agency the last two years, and it was the reason they won the division, and got the AFC Championship right. game, without a doubt. But that formula changed. So joke on that, Brian. That's what I say. Joke on that. <laughs> okay, I'm laughing. All right, inside. Um, that formula is not their formula. Correct. This year, Can't this be. is not a bring six guys in in the opening hours of free agency right. anymore. Right, you won't have the dog and pony show down the hallway with all the guys coming out. And and, uh, the intro press conference day will not be as big a deal this year. But I do think there's work to do, and they can win the offseason in a less high-profile way, if that makes sense. Because you won't have a number four overall pick. You're going to have 29. Unless they trade up or do something, which you you can never predict. Um, I think winning the offseason will be about figuring out the quarterback spot and it will be about what you do to get yourself in a cap situation where you can maybe make one bold move and one subtle move. Do you make a move to try to get a veteran tight end on free agency? Do you make a move to try to get one of the offensive line positions dramatically improved with a veteran that you love, that you respect, sort of the way they did free agency last year where they brought in a Barry Church who was not as high profile as a Boye or a Campbell, but clearly made a big difference. Yeah, it was one of the most valuable guys they had on that defense. You might see, I guess I would, I'd put the question to you, would it surprise you to see a tight end move, an interior lineman move, the equivalent of a Barry Church-type signing? No. It would make sense. It would surprise me if they went out and swung for the fences. If they went out and made a an A.J. Boye-type contract offer to someone who wasn't here. Because you know what you've got to pay on that defense in Mm -hmm. the years to come. You've got key players like Yannick Ngakwe and Jalen Ramsey who are going to command big numbers, and perhaps Miles Jack if he takes that step forward based on what we saw from him this year. You've got money to pay in the future. So I don't see them going out and swinging one of those big sticks. But I do think that the positions you mentioned Mm -hmm. and – Last year, they tried to upgrade special teams. Mm-hmm. They tried to get it with those mid-level guys, and the Audi Coles of the world didn't pan out, right? Laurente McRae came in and, and made an impact. Right. I expect that you're going to see them go out and try to supplement their special teams, which is also depth at linebacker sure. and tight end and those things. Um, I, it's more of a kind of the close the doors the first weekend of free agency around here and open the doors back up the second weekend. Yeah, I don't know if you'll close the doors. Um but I do think there has to be an intelligent approach to it, meaning if there's a home run available, then you could see them clear cap space because you've got uh, Chris Ivory you can work with. You've got Alan Hearns you can work sure. with. You've got uh, Brad Nortman you can work with. You've got uh, players like that that you can work with if there's something you want to do. And I think it'll be a case where they looked at free agency last year and saw Calais Campbell – 
Boyer, and there were some wow guys who fit what they needed. If there's a wow guy who fits what they need and they think will make a huge impact, would it surprise you to see them go do that? This is an aggressive bunch. No, they can get it done. Right. But when you're talking about $25 million in cap space, and I, I could show you where you could push it. Mm-hmm. Towards forty, right? sure, but you got to factor into there. Worst case scenario, you're going to give Allen Robinson the franchise tag. Correct. That's sixteen of that right mm-hmm. there. There's some other guys you'd like to have. No question. The wow thing seems to me, and maybe this is just my reticence. Maybe I'm just I remember what it was like here when they went wow in '99, right. buried their cap, and couldn't keep guys like Buscelli and right. Hardy and McCardell. And I just keep thinking they don't want to put themselves in that situation. So maybe the wow right. is beyond them. Yeah, you won't find anybody more reticent of free agency than me. But you do wonder if there's a guy that they think can push them over the top, you do wonder yeah, if they won't swing. try to make it happen. Yeah, they could. They have the smart guys who are doing it in John Idzik and Tim Walsh. They could find the way to make it work. The question is, how does it work in the long run? When we come back from this quick timeout... Ashland, Ozone Snapshot, and more here on Jags Drive Time on TuneIn Radio. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field in an entirely new way. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a fully guided behind-the-scenes stadium visit. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards. And see why the Travel Channel named Everbank Field as one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and complete tales. See you at the bank. What do you call a pack of Jaguars? A jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars Jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank. Baptist Health. Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time. Here with you with some Ozone Snapshot, the first Benjamin from Jacksonville. Oh, man, I would like to ask those Hall of Fame writers, if you're starting a team, who would they draft first? Baselli, Terrell Davis, T.O., Dawkins, or Ursuler? Guarantee you the majority of the team would say Baselli, case, close. Yeah, and um, there's a lot of anger in the inbox over Tony not making it, and understandably so. Um, I think the guys who got in, they would, generally speaking, it – if people who knew football, really, really knew football, really studied Tony and said, if we were starting a franchise today, who would we take? Baselli would probably be the pick, uh, with apologies to Terrell Davis, with apologies to the guy. Um, the problem is Tony played a long time ago, and there are people in the room who don't quite get how good he was. Uh that's not the majority, but there's enough people who are still coming around on that that I think they miss sometimes just how elite he was. Um, and he was the best. Of all the names that you and Ashlyn just mentioned, he clearly is the guy that I would start with. I, the one guy, and I don't want to get into a debate about this, the one guy that I didn't think belonged in that group that Baselli should have replaced is Terrell Owens. But it's the Hall of Fame. Right. And when you go back and look, 
he was as famous as any player in the league mm-hmm. over his time in the league. His antics off the field, his, right. you know, the Silver Star incident and, you know, doing the push-ups and the sit-ups in his, his driveway mm-hmm. in New Jersey when he played for the Eagles. No, I get it. He was a great player and was certainly famous, right. but I would take Pacelli. So that stuff never bothered me with T.O. The thing that bothers you with T.O., and think about you with Moss in terms of first ballot, the plays off with Moss first ballot, there was a time where the fact that he took plays off and was a uh, detriment at times would have hurt him on first ballot. There was a time when T.O. would have waited longer. There was a push and has been a push. There's an urgency for some reason on the part of the voters to get guys in quicker than before. I think that's also hurting Tony. All right, Ashton, what else is in the inbox? I meant Erlacher last ozone snapshot. I'm a college graduate that can't read, apparently. All right, Tom, Virginia Beach. With Smith to the Redskins, he sets a quarterback level on salary this year. However, what is it to stop Garoppolo from staying a free agent and setting the bar much higher? With his performance, he could become the highest paid player ever in the league. If you were the Jags general manager, would you go after him with a ton of money? Yeah, I mean, if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was out there uh, and uh, Alex Smith obviously being traded to the uh, Redskins is shaping the entire free agent class now because Kirk Cousins will be gone. Uh, I just don't think Garoppolo is going to be out there. And that's... I included this email because that's sort of a gurgling you're starting to hear is, well, would they franchise tag him? Are they not going to re-sign him? You didn't acquire him and play and have him play the way he did in the second half of the season and then just let him go. So I think what they would probably do is put the exclusive tag on him. And people forget, if you put the exclusive tag on a player, he cannot negotiate with anybody. So my guess is they would put the exclusive tag on him and then get a long-term deal done before it ever came in. That's what it feels like. If you're Garoppolo's people, you wait for Kirk Cousins, who right now is is going to surpass all other contracts Mm -hmm. because he can go hit the open market, and then you negotiate a deal for $1 higher, and I believe that Garoppolo will be the highest-paid quarterback in the game on opening day. Makes sense. Yeah, it it does. That's the way the economics work now. Kind of like this show. It just makes sense. We do make sense. Nice to have you back from Minneapolis. You're warmer. I am warmer. And you bring the studio a warmth of all its own. I bring a glow, Brian, is what I do. That's what Ashlyn was saying before the show. <laughs> so that'll do it. Jags Drive Time in the books for another week. Next week, Mark Lamping joins us on the program here on Jags Drive Time. Have a great day. <laughs>